You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network for a long-awaited episode. Uh, really, it's only been a few days since this movie came out, but long-awaited in that I've been talking about it all summer, and we're going to cover all the reasons why that might not be such a good thing. Uh, we are here to finally talk about Atomic Blonde, a movie that a couple of months ago, Jamie and I saw the trailer for... I don't even remember what movie it was before. It might have been... Uh, Wonder Woman, I think. Wonder Woman, maybe. No, I think it was even earlier than that. I, who knows? But we saw the trailer, and I'm like, oh, this looks like the greatest movie ever. And is it the greatest movie ever? Well, let's wait and see about that. Uh, my name is Colin, and I am joined by, as I already said, Jamie, as she's already responded. Jamie, you're back after taking a couple weeks off and having no real interest in seeing Spider-Man or Planet of the Apes or... Uh, Dunkirk, uh, what brought you to Atomic Blonde as opposed to Dunkirk, Planet of the Apes, and Spider-Man? It looked really good. It pretty much looked like a female version of uh, John Wick. And what's up, peeps? <laughs> You're speaking to all your peeps out there? <laughs> I know I got some Jamie fans in the audience. Yeah, in the audience, yes. <laughs> There's a crowd outside. <laughs> They're just very quiet. They're very polite. That's Winnipeg fans for you. Um, yeah, so we're here to talk about the female John Wick um, as annoyingly as it is this movie keeps being flashed all over the tv with female james bond which i hate every time there's a spy they say it's like james bond this movie is nothing like james bond not at all i'm not even criticizing the movie i'm just saying it has no similarity to james bond just because the spy does not make a james bond uh john wick on the other hand very clear similarities to uh for one major reason that's that the director david leach he was one of the two directors on the original john wick movie which we saw, how many years ago was that now? Uh, three, four years ago? I don't know. You lost me. I'm not a movie buff. Yeah, well, it was four years ago. We saw, and this is where, where my excitement for Atomic Blonde came. And I think you're excited for Atomic Blonde. Four years ago, we're on a vacation in Minneapolis at the Mall of America. And I have this thing where I'm like, movies are cheap in America. It doesn't cost like, you know, $15 to get in like it does in Canada. And as I learned last week by Ben, it costs probably like $20, $25 in Australia. But in America, movies are cheap. I'm like... We're here. Let's see a cheap movie. I gave you the option of seeing some Keira Knightley movie, which I thought you'd like to see, or John Wick, which I wanted to see. And you surprisingly picked John Wick, uh, which I found out afterwards. I found out afterwards your thing with Keanu Reeves, which is the reason why. (laughs) Um, But funny enough, isn't he every teenage girl's dream? Well, you're not a teenage girl anymore. We should. (laughs) Set that up as uh, we're married and I suddenly look like um, I'm not even going to get into it. Well, I may be 28, but he's he's still good looking. Okay, but we're not talking about John Wick oh, here. We're just okay, setting the stage let's here. change the subject. We're setting the stage that John Wick, 10, 15 minutes in, you fell asleep. And I'm waking you up. I'm like, Jamie, you have to see this. You have to see this. I know. And we watched the movie and how many times have we seen John Wick since then? Like, who knows? Oh, too many. This is, this and ha- how, how many minutes are we in before I talked about eye candy? Yeah. <laughs> and somebody who's not even in this movie, surprisingly enough. Um, but we're doing this all to set the stage that, you know, the, the original two directors on John Wick, uh, they, I guess, kind of split over what to do for a sequel. Uh, one of the guys went off and made John Wick 2 by himself, and the other one said, no, I want to make this uh, graphic novel uh, into a movie, and that turned out to be Atomic Blonde. If you watch all of the trailers for this, all the TV spots, it looks like female John Wick set in 1989. Yeah. And so much so that they've even come out this week and said, oh, well, Atomic Blonde's going to have a John Wick crossover, which we'll cover that on the end, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, another reason why that's the dumbest thing ever. But this looked like... like the perfect movie because not only were we fans of the first John Wick, but John Wick Two, which you know came out just before we launched the Oz Network, uh, that was and still to this day, uh, here we are more than halfway through the year, the best movie I've seen all year. This blows Wonder Woman away. I would go as far as to say maybe my favorite movie of like the last several years, John Wick Two. So my expectations for this are high because I'm like John Wick doesn't have that much of a story. It's kind of this really fascinating world and this great character and just this really interesting style of filmmaking let's take all that and let's make it a spy and let's make it a spy girl you know and let's make this john wick but do one better in colin's mind and let's put sophia batella in it who we talked about a lot or i talked about a lot in the mummy movie who has a small supporting role in this and let's set it during the cold war like this was going to be the perfect movie for me and 
before I get into my opinion, let's just let you talk first. You didn't have as, I, as high expectations for this as I had, but what are your feelings about Atomic Blonde? I was really excited about it too, actually. As, as soon as you see the trailers, it just seems like, wow, this is such an amazing movie. And the thing is, is I definitely have uh, pros and cons to talk about with the movie. Um, I thought that it was definitely underwhelming as far as my reaction uh, for um, uh, just the story part of it. I felt like the story was really weak. I mean, there's tons of action, so that that was good. But I actually really did like the soundtrack that they chose for all the 80s stuff. I thought that was yeah. cool. Yeah, and... Uh, so, I mean, that like, that's just my general... I'll also review. say, you know, the story of this, which we, we don't go into spoilers on this, but there's not a lot to go into. But it's basically right at the fall of the Berlin Wall. This is like the days leading up to the fall of the Berlin Wall. And that's very important to the plot of this. Um, but it should also be said, that's like the end of 1989. And the soundtrack, as much as I love the soundtrack for this, the soundtrack is more, I'd say, mid-80s. new wave it didn't really fit 1989 but i get they were going with this 80s cold war movie regardless when it took place but i will agree with you the music in it was really good yeah i'm going to disagree with you on that there was a lot of really good action um i'm sorry to say for anybody out there who's expecting a movie full of action we probably see all of the action in the trailer (laughs) there is one major scene which takes place probably in the third act very close to the end of the movie which goes for like 10 minutes at least that is huge and that is good prior to that i'm thinking to myself like are we ever going to see anything other than 30 second clips of action because we get these little brief glimpses of it where they don't show us a lot so it almost feels like by the time you get to the action on the end it was too much so i guess roundabout way of getting my review kind of disappointing for me and there are a lot of things i did like about this but more than anything i look at this as a missed opportunity because i feel like it should have been so much bigger it should have been so much better And there was an opportunity to really tell a story here. But unfortunately, as much as I love this idea of this great spy Cold War thriller in a John Wick style, I feel like it's that John Wick style, the the flashy action style that really kind of hurt the story here. Because you're almost too bowled over by the visuals and how the the style of the movie plays out that it actually takes away from the story. So as the story is being told you're paying more attention to the way the screen looks and the way that it's shot and the way it's edited and the way the music's playing. And the story's completely lost as far as I'm concerned. Well, and I think I think that she was really believable with the action. Um, I think that way she did a really good job. For the story, the way that it was actually unfolded, maybe it wasn't that the story itself was to- told in a poor way, but like you said, it was just kind of hard to follow that way. And it wasn't that it was a complicated story. No. It's just like there was so much going on where it's like sensory overload with everything where you honestly just, you couldn't really figure out what was actually going on. And the movie has a cool visual style. That's kind of my point is that the visual style of the movie takes you out of the story too much. Yeah. But so do other movies like that other movie that uh, you got like Dr. Strange, amazing visuals and so, so big and bold, but like, it's a great movie. Here's the difference. They use those big, bold visuals when there's no story to be told. That's a different way to do it. You don't have these flashy visuals when you're supposed to be paying attention, when it's exposition. Exposition is where you're basically explaining everything. You're dumbing it down for the audience and you're you're setting everything up. Mm-hmm. You're giving the backstory. You're giving the, the, the context of everything. And the exposition is buried by a visual style in this movie to the point where you can't follow the story. And like you said, it's not complicated. Yeah. I mean, Tinker Taylor, Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy is a complicated spy movie. And there's a lot of similarities, I think, of the stories and at least in the world, you know, with the, the spy world that we're seeing here, with Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and this. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, I asked you to watch the first 20 minutes of the movie. And uh, I think you were kind of saying, oh, I'd like to see that movie. I'm like, you know, it's really not your thing. You know, like, what am I, dumb? And I'm like, it's not that you're dumb. It's like, I had to rewatch the first 20 minutes of the movie a second time before I really got it. Right. And you watch the first 20 minutes. You're like, I think I know what's going on. Yeah, I think this is what it is. I'm like, okay, do you want to watch more? And you said, no, that's all right. And you were done with it. Yeah. Now, I'll say Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy may be the greatest spy movie ever made. Uh, this is the wrong way to do that type of story. Because with Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, you're in the story and you're following the p- parts where they're giving you exposition. They know that you have to be tuned into what the people are saying and you don't want to be distracted by you know, the, the lighting and the, the cuts back and forth and... Uh, 
the, the mannerisms of the character, which became a bit much. And even like there's an interrogation scene that kind of starts the movie out. And Charlize Theron is kind of throwing insults at John Goodman and little things like that. You know, it's a cool little clever thing, but you're expecting now that this is going to be a movie of this really ballsy character. So you keep waiting for her to say stuff like that. So when she starts giving plot, you completely check out. There's just a lot of problems with the way this movie's presented. It's trying too hard. Well, and I think part of the thing that I was really missing and like, uh, I mean, the, the action was good and like I said, the visuals were amazing, but part of where the movie kind of felt a little bit flat for me was the actual characters. I feel yeah. like I'm watching these people and yeah, it's amazing the things that they can do, but why do I care about this person? Yeah, and if, if people want to compare this to James Bond, well, let's do that for a second. This movie is nothing like James Bond, but let's just play around with that for a second. Uh, James Bond has no background given about his character in the beginning of Dr. No. Uh, in the beginning of Casino Royale, the only backstory you really get is his opening mission as you're watching it. With this, they throw you right into the story and then they go backwards. You find out even less about her than you do about James Bond uh, in Dr. No. Now let's compare this to John Wick, a movie that's more a fair comparison to. John Wick, you get a ton of backstory without his backstory even being given. You're 15 minutes into the movie before you even know who John Wick is and it's kind of meant to be a surprise for the audience. You don't get anything like that here. There should have been a time where the character, if you're going to have this really bold character, you know, that, that does these incredible things, you don't want to wait for an hour and a half before you reveal any of it because the audience is just tuned out at that point. And it's kind of just weird to follow her character throughout this movie because you don't have an understanding of who she is. And I know that there's a bit of a twist on the end where you get a little bit more of an idea about her, but you can still have that twist and give a proper character development, even without giving a backstory. And the same oh, yeah. goes for other characters too. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like, you know, if she's ever getting injured in the movie or she was to die or something, I'm like, well, why the heck do I care? Exactly. You don't really care about her. That's the biggest problem. Yeah. Well, we cause, well, because like, it's not a giveaway, but she, she's a quite a cold person. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's fine. Ju that's just the character. And you can gather that even from the trailer. And, and that is fine, but there's nothing about her to draw you to her. Because you don't know anything about her. And right. sure, maybe this is a spy, but for an audience, you still have to have at least a little bit of a clue uh, as to what her personality is, how she's going to respond to different things. And if we're going to compare it to John Wick again, you know, that first 15 minutes is important for John Wick. He's not responding to anything, but you find out, you know, he's been widowed. You know, he has this dog. He's not really showing that he's sad, but he probably is just from the way that the movie's presenting it. And you get none of that here. Uh, so it's not even so much an issue of I want to know her backstory because mm -hmm. it doesn't suit the story for a spy movie where it's really about who are these people? Can anybody be trusted? Right. But, it's more, do why you do, care? Why do you care about them? Yeah. yeah. That, and that's a big problem for the movie. The other characters, not as much of a problem with, but funny enough, James McAvoy's character, even though his character is, that the is guy shadier. Who's in X Men? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was in more than X Men. Well, but I know, yeah, but that's, that's where I know more him. Well that's where from. I know him. Yeah. Uh, you know more about his character while being told less about him. And the other thing is, I think it's just the way that he presented his character is that he had that big first scene. And Charlize Theron, she almost doesn't talk enough in the movie and doesn't give enough away. So it's not fun to follow her. Um, we're going to go on and on about this, I feel. But I guess talk a little bit about her performance. I do think it's good that she's reviving her career. I'm not going to say her career was dead, but you know, it certainly wasn't. I mean, she won an Oscar like 10 years ago, but really you can count on one hand, the amount of really important movies she's done in the last. Well, I, I didn't know who she was. You didn't know who Charlize Theron was. I, I've, I've heard the name, but I didn't know like watching her in the movie. I didn't know who she was. Like I couldn't tell you another movie she did. I had no idea. Uh, well, you're such a big Keanu Reeves fan. You didn't know that she almost started her career with two big Keanu Reeves movies. Which one? Devil's Advocate and Sweet November. Oh, Sweet November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now that rings a bell. The other ones, I, I've never actually seen Devil's Advocate. Yeah, The Italian Job, Mad never Max, seen Fury it. Road. You've watched Mad Max more than I have. Oh, yeah, but she's she's like, she's got like, what is that haircut? Like a buzz cut in there. I think, yeah, okay. but And she's got like tons of eye makeup on. Like, it's kind of hard to Anyways. tell. Anyways point is now that you say that i know it's her yeah you go back to those first and i'll talk about her quickly here because i'm not going to say that i was ever a big fan of hers i like her more in mad max actually uh yeah in some ways i think she was a little bit overrated in mad max but uh 
but I think that she's going the right direction in her career now. When she first started out and did like The Devil's Advocate and uh, Cider House Rules was another one, and then Sweet November, one of the few like chick flicks that I actually really like, maybe because I'm a big Keanu Reeves fan too. Not for the same reasons you are, but uh... mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I actually thought like she had a lot of potential, and you know, as somebody who was young at the time and for the most part more interested in Bruce Willis as John McClane. You know, to be to even feel like, okay, well, this lady in The Devil's Advocate and Sweet November, these movies that, you know, are not your typical, like, young guy's movies, she has a lot of potential. I felt like every year after that, every time she made a movie, she just got on my nerves for some reason. And I'm not knocking her so much. She was okay in these movies, but maybe it was just trying too hard. Maybe it was miscast. But, like, for years, I'm just like, oh, not another Charlize Theron movie. How, in this movie... How hot is she on a scale of one to ten? Oh, she's like a nine and a half for sure. Oh, really? And, even and, even even though she's blonde, you don't typically like the blonde. Well, she's not blonde in the whole movie. I mean, that. Oh, that's I, I'm true. gonna say, I'm gonna oh, say oh, there was. Oh wait, hold on, hold on. You like the Spy Girls though? Yeah. Well, okay, but also. The, <laughs> oh, I like those the, dimples that are coming the, out right they now. They showed the trailers. <laughs> oh, with you're the stuttering. Dark, the dark wigs, and I kept waiting for that, and I actually thought the time where I went to go to the bathroom, like, great, I missed the dark hair. There, I missed this whole movie was a waste. I missed her in the, the dark hair. And then it comes up at the end, which we won't spoil how it comes up. But yeah, like one of the last scenes, she's in that wig. But anyways, back to what I was saying. Uh, Something happened when Prometheus came out, where I'm like, wow, she's really good in this movie. And for years, she bothered me, and I don't know why. Was she in Prometheus too? Yeah. Really? (laughs) She was one of the... She doesn't look any different, even... Even if you consider the hair, she looks no different in these movies. <laughs> was Charlize Theron in this movie? This is like Ben with Tom Hardy last week. Tom Hardy was in Dunkirk? Who was she in? She was oh, the, she the, was the mean the, girl. Well, the billionaire's yes. daughter, okay. whatever, the one leading the mission. Again, she she looked really different. I had She looked exactly the same. She just was stiff. Uh, yeah, okay, now it makes sense. <laughs> Anyways, it's so weird. It's it's like she's a woman of a thousand faces, and I just but yet not because she doesn't look any different in any of these. Well, it's just it it's like that other girl that's uh that's in the movie. What's your what's her name? Sophia Batella. Yeah, with her, it was the same type of thing where you were telling me, oh, she was in this, she was in this, and I was like, what? And then you told me, and I was like, oh, but she looks so different. Yeah, but I can recognize her in anything. But I don't know what it is, but those two ladies, like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know who they are. You're just so blinded by Keanu Reeves or James McAvoy or whatever else that you don't see the women in the movie. That's where we're getting to the bottom of here. I'm just looking for the testosterone. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) But back in Prometheus, I thought, like, wow, she's really good. Maybe it's because she was playing kind of a toned-down character. And I feel like a lot of the other characters that she played were almost too over-the-top. And, you know, she won an Oscar for Monster. And, okay, good performance, but it is more over-the-top. I like her a lot more toned down. And she was toned down in this movie. It's it's a big character. It's a big movie. But I appreciate that she was toned down as far as her performance goes. She wasn't going over the top. And those are the movies I like her in now. Like even Mad Max. It's a really big role. And you could play that over the top. And she didn't. So I'm going to give her credit in this movie as far as her performance goes. With what little material she had for a character. She did a decent job. You know, that's the least I could say. Uh, do you need me to remind you who she was in this movie? Can you recognize her, at least from the poster? I remember. <laughs> um, yeah, even in The Italian Job. It's like, I don't know what it was. That was one of those movies I'm like, I love The Italian Job. Couldn't stand her in it. I, I liked how they brought back stuff that was old school, too, though, like boom mm-hmm. boxes and everything. Yeah, you see, like, it's 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 a cool 80s setting, which, you know, you get boom boxes. Uh, even I, the mean, I mean, I guess you would remember more than I would, because I was born in 89 year older a few years older you're painting me like i was born in the 70s or something we're born in the same decade here you got six years oh no sorry eight years on me the funny thing is that we've only been married for you know almost five years i should know how much older you are than yeah let me just set this up here jamie's a few years younger than i am and she always likes to be like oh you're old and yet whenever jamie's talking about her interests like shows she watched growing up movie she was into i'm like how old are you <laughs> because you seem to be into all the really old stuff and i'm not talking about like, everybody's like oh i like classic movies okay but you're like hey do you remember this animated show from 1991 i'm like not really okay hey but okay in my defense right i had one younger brother and i had six older brothers so i have seven altogether people yeah no sisters only girl here that probably explains a lot but the thing is, though, is when I call you old, it's because you're eight years older than me. That's almost a decade. It's 
what is that? What the entire point here is that you're the one who's like, yeah. Do you remember that great song from like 1987? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I listened to anything at that age. You weren't born yet. Well, I know, but I had older brothers, so they they okay. So all have, the older brothers they would have listened to or watched stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. Over and over all again. those older brothers growing up, and never once did they watch a Charlize Theron movie. Probably did. They were watching Keanu Reeves, right? I don't know. <laughs> I was watching Keanu Reeves. Sorry. Ma- Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson was more their style. Okay. Um, so I don't know. What are your feelings? You talked about the character. What are your feelings on her performance overall? Um, I thought she was really believable as an action star. I was definitely impressed by that with how she was able to actually kick butt. I thought that was good. Um, In the few scenes we see, let's not misrepresent this movie. It's barely what you see in the trailer no 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 no. but i i i thought that that was very good with it but um i just like i said i'm missing the part about why i care about her yeah yeah and i did say that i felt the james mcavoy's character you maybe care a little bit more about him not you really care because he's he's like dirt in this movie (laughs) He's, he's technically one of the heroes i guess you could say but like you despise him and i think this is the biggest difference because I don't feel like he's a likable character. I don't care about him in that way. Um, I just feel like he introduced his character in the right way, and maybe he had just enough about him that set him apart. Whereas with Charlize Theron, she's almost too uninteresting in a lot of this movie. You know, she does interesting things, but she's not interesting. Uh, I do want to say, as much as I'm kind of knocking her character in this movie as not being interesting, I kind of had the same reaction to this movie that I get to a lot of movies that start a franchise. I remember when The Mask of Zorro came out and everybody was like crazy about The Mask of Zorro. And I'm like, "Ah, I don't really care about it. But I was like, I'd love to see a sequel for this. And I'm one of the few people who actually like The Legend of Zorro more. Same thing when the movie Sahara came out with Matthew McConaughey. It was supposed to start a big franchise. I'm like, I don't care about this movie. I don't care about this character. I don't think anything was great about it. But I'd kind of like to see a sequel with this character. I'm at least there where I'm like, there's enough interesting things about her in this movie that if they made a sequel and maybe fixed a lot of the problems with this, I'd still be willing to see it despite not really being thrilled by this. But I I also don't think that putting it on the same level of James Bond or John Wick saying it's a female version of those two is, is even in the same ballpark. Well, and I don't think that they're, I mean, they were never trying to be James Bond. Like I said, this movie has more in common with Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy than it does James Bond. And the comparisons with John Wick is really fair just because the director did John Wick, and it's a very similar movie in style. They talked about doing the crossover. Let's talk about it now. Um, This is what I hate. We've gotten to a world where, you know, I'm not going to get into politics, you know, fake news and stuff like that. But what I am going to say is we've gotten to a clickbait society where people read a headline and don't bother to read a story. Oh, yeah. A story came out a few weeks ago about how uh, Ben Affleck was going to be stepping down as Batman. It's an article that exploded on the internet, and I saw every person I know sharing it. And I basically responded every single time, like, did you read the article? Yeah. It says nothing in there about anybody leaving Ben Affleck. It was basically one writer said, well, considering his age and the fact they're rewriting a script now, maybe he's not going to be around. The movie was always planned to be released in 2019. And now people are surprised. We're like, well, we think we're going to be releasing in 2019. We're just going to rewrite the script. The guy is signed on to play it through an entire trilogy in this very article that they said Ben Affleck might not be Batman. They're they're looking for a new one. In this article, they have the head of Warner Brothers or DC or whatever saying he's Batman as long as we can take him. And Ben Affleck coming out the next day and saying, I have no intention of leaving. I'm going to play this character until I die if I can. Yeah. And yet, because a title of an article where the article itself gave no evidence of it, it exploded on the internet. Same thing happened with this John Wick thing. Some idiot went out there and said, do you think there could be a crossover? And the director basically said, well, maybe there's a way we could do this. He wasn't saying they have any plans for it. And if you watch these movies, it is impossible. John Wick takes place in 2014 or 2017. Atomic Blonde takes place in 1989. By the time you make this sequel, you're going to be a few years down the road. They are not going to do some type of crossover movie where Charlize Theron is either playing a seven-year-old Geriatric. woman. Yeah, we're going to have Atomic Blonde. <laughs> she's she's M. 70 years old M from James Bond, maybe. Or you're going to de-age Keanu Reeves to a 20-year-old man. It's impossible. But because one person put a title on an article, everybody's like, this is happening. This is amazing. 
it, there's no way it's going to happen. No, the world I don't think would so. be the world would be interesting if you could find a way to cross it over, but leave it on its own. Um, quickly about James McAvoy, I kind of said I think that he was a little bit more interesting as a character. I didn't like him. In fact, it's funny that as much as I'm saying with Charlize Theron, every time she was on screen, I just didn't care that much. With him, I cared, but I almost was like, it's too much. And that's not a knock against his performance or his character. I think it was kind of important for you to have that reaction to him because he is a character that even though he's technically one of the heroes... He's repulsive. He's repulsive, yeah. And that's one thing I will say, okay, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I almost was rubbed the wrong way by him sometimes. And maybe that is a good thing. So Charlize Theron, okay in the movie. James McAvoy, okay in the movie. The rest of the cast, mostly smaller roles. Uh, I don't think there's any other real screen time that we're given to anybody here. Uh, you know, John Goodman's in a couple of scenes we mentioned. John Goodman's good in everything, but he's playing, you know, typical John Goodman here. Uh, Toby Jones, who's, of course, also from Tinker Taylor's Soldier Spy. Uh, and the one we're going to talk about today is Sophia Botella. Okay. Now, I'm just. How I'm can doing, I give a verbal eye roll? <laughs> I'm doing that, you know, if. If anybody listened to our episode on The Mummy or saw The Mummy movie and agrees with me um, that Sofia Boutel is like a real star in the making here, uh, I'll kind of give the same argument I made when we did The Mummy. I guess she first, she's not even really that big of an actress or has done a lot of acting roles. She had like the scene in The Kingsman, this fight scene. And I'm just like, wow, this woman's like really something else. And I know that she, she probably had a lot of stunt doubles and stuff like that. Didn't really talk, but she had like a certain screen presence. And it was the same thing in The Mummy. Not a lot of talking. Most of the time, she's kind of just gooey and slimy and everything like that. But I just thought she was fantastic. Like, she has this real screen presence. Every time she popped up on the screen in this movie, I did exactly what I did there. I gave her an ovation. I applauded. Okay. Um, in all honesty, would I be applauding for her if this was the first movie I ever saw her in? Maybe not. <laughs> I don't think you were thinking with your brain. Okay. Seriously. I just finished telling you that I watched a movie where she was slimy and gooey for most of the movie, and I loved that. You're probably still just thinking about what she looks like normally. Okay. And, and, she, and she seriously was, like, naked in that movie. She was naked in this movie, too. I mean, that's her thing, I guess. But my, my point is, I think she still has, like, a real screen presence, and I can't really explain it, because she doesn't have to talk a lot, you know? I will actually say, and she, she doesn't have a huge role, but I, I will actually probably say... You'll, this will probably shock you, even though she has such a tiny role in the movie, um, and you don't actually get to know her even that much. I think she's actually probably my favorite character because she is the most likable. I would have liked more from her. Like I, I and I'm kind of this is funny because I I'm bet more you would like more from her. <laughs> uh, I see, and I said more. More means clothes, Jamie. Not everybody's like you. <laughs> Sorry, I got a gutter mind all the time. Uh, but. But is right. <laughs> My point is that she is really great. Now, I give her an ovation every time she was on screen, but... I bet you did. <laughs> You're just digging your whole timer. See, I can never get a point across, because you always have something... I bet sick. that you had points, too. Anyways, I'm, I was about to say something, and now I have to... Do you have me questioning every word I say now? <laughs> but I wasn't as thrilled with it in this movie. Maybe this is because... With little screen time, she was really good in The Kingsman. With, you know, I don't know how much screen time you really Wasn't see she, she had in the Wasn't she the one who, like, stabbed people with her foot? Yeah, she kind of had, like, blades for her foot. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was pretty, you know, like, kick butt. Yeah, the, well, the, the Kingsman's a great movie. Let's we'll be keep covering this, this. Let's keep this PG. It's yeah, kick yeah, butt. Yeah, Jamie's very PG, if you haven't <laughs> noticed. Uh, but I don't know, maybe because... Hey, it's only verbal. People can't see any standing ovations here. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> maybe in The Mummy, I don't know. I, I don't know if she had more to do, though. It's just, yeah, she was okay in this movie, but maybe I just wanted to see her in some action in this. Or I wanted to see her doing something more than just talking and being a background character. Like, I feel like her character was really important. And maybe it did have a little bit more development than the other ones, but it was sort of like it was a one-trick pony. It was yeah, like... <laughs> I, I wish that there was more in that way, too. It was one-dimensional. But, but like I said, I think that she actually ended up being my favorite just because she... If you look at this movie, honestly... And, and it's not that, you know, the main character 
is bad like she's a bad actress that's not it at all it's like i said earlier you know she she's not likable in the way that there's nothing that draws you to her to care about her yeah and then this other character here um sophia Rutella, o- yeah hot pants <laughs> um uh, with her you actually uh you get to care about her a little bit um and she seems like a really nice warm person that no <laughs> it's coming out of your mouth not not mine no she she seems like a, a person that's uh has points where she's vulnerable so you you get to see that and so then you care about her a little bit more because of that now, but i think that her screen time and her story could have been a lot larger than it was and and people are gonna dump on us now and be like well it's a spy movie the entire point of this movie is that these people don't have a warm side and that's the way spies are I get that. I have seen more spy movies than anybody out there. I've read more spy books than anybody out there, I guarantee. Um, But when you're presenting something to an audience, you have to give them something to like. And yes, this is the way spies are, but if this movie was going to be a realistic movie, and it is realistic in its depiction of spies as being kind of sleazy and unlikable to watch and doing things that are not necessarily nice... If you're going to present that, don't present the movie as being fun. And the movie tries so hard to present itself as being fun and lively and entertaining. And it just doesn't make sense. And this is what I was talking about how, you know, the style buries the stories. That there's just this... Nothing really mixes well. It, it all feels like the story is a different movie from the visuals. Yeah. And the the characters are a different movie from the performances. Like, it, it just didn't work. But... Despite the fact that I wasn't as thrilled with this and I would have liked to have seen a little bit more... I'm trying to choose my words right here. A little bit more depth, um, uh, importance from Sofia Batella. I'm still standing by for completely unsuperficial reasons, you're, Jamie. You're, you're standing by? Unsuperficial reasons. I'm still saying Sofia Batella is still the best thing since sliced gluten-free bread. Well, I don't think sliced gluten-free bread has been uh, around that long. Well, for me, that's the best. She's the best thing since sliced gluten-free bread, which is very important to me, as you know. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek Beyond. There's a character. She had a lot. You can't even recognize her in the movie. And I was. I, I didn't. Yeah. And and there you go. I was talking nonstop. I'm just trying to defend myself here, so I don't come across like Jamie, who's superficial and only interested in looks. But well, I, had a, I, had a I was cousin, like, well, great she was in Star Trek because she's fully covered in alien makeup the whole entire time. I had a customer at my work talking to me the other day telling me uh, about a movie that a certain actor was in, and I've never seen the movie. Actually, the person was wrong, though. They're actually not in that. But the actor that they named, I said, oh, I've never seen that movie, and they're good-looking. I'll watch it. Because <laughs> that's so the type of person I am. The actor was Casper Van Dien. But I don't, I don't like to look at ugly people, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think well, you've stated that in every episode. Pe- you find a reason to people state that it. I consider ugly. Anyways, that's why I won't watch Lost because the fat guy just revolts oh, me. Okay. But oh, but not every person that's larger is unattractive. <laughs> I wish that you could see her face right now. It went from like oh like disdain to all of a sudden this real sincerity where it's like no because the fat guy's repulsive and then this sincerity on her face of. But you know what? Not all people. <laughs> well, who, who, who was that guy who was a chubbier guy? He was he was actually attractive. Who uh, is that guy who was a chubbier guy? In this movie, John Goodman, Toby Jones? De- is it Dennis Hoffman? Dennis Hoffman? Is that Dennis Hopper are you talking about? I don't think he's chubby. <laughs> no, the guy, the guy who died that was in Hunger Games. Philip Seymour Hoffman? Oh. Okay, we've we talked about this before. Jamie's the only person who found Philip Seymour Hoffman to be a handsome man. No, he, there was something about him that just seemed like he'd be really fun. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wow, these episodes get more awkward. This is easier when Ben's here. I, I wanted to make a point that I I don't only go for like like super fit people or like <laughs> or people that are like bean poles. You know what? Honestly, everybody is beautiful, but, but... <laughs> except for the fat guy lost. No, everybody is beautiful in their own way, but some people are just ugly and it has nothing to do with their weight. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, you know what, when people have said to me, like, you know what, honey, I'm like, when people call me fat before, it's like, you know what, I may be fat, but I can fix that. You're ugly and you can't fix that. <laughs> so. Um, on a scale of one to 10, uh, let's not do a scale of one to 10. On a scale of Keanu Reeves to Fat Guy from Lost, where is Toby Jones? 
Who's Toby Jones? Was that guy in the movie? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, he was the little guy at the table, right? Yes, he's the little guy, yes. Yeah, no. Ke scale of Keanu Reeves to uh, Fat no, Guy from Lost. The, uh, what's, what's more correct to say, the small person? Well, I think he's just legitimately a short person. I don't think there's any disability that goes along with it. <laughs> no. Okay, no. The small person from Game of Thrones is way better looking. He's a hot guy. Okay, Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Don't say anything about his name. Great name. Don't say anything about his name. Uh, on a scale of fat guy from Lost to Peter Dinklage, where do you rank John Goodman? Ugh. <laughs> that's like... It's like peanut butter that's gone bad. Okay. Um, so we went through two people here. One is a disabled man, apparently. <laughs> Who's disabled? No, you were saying Toby Jones. I don't know what the right word is. He's just short. He's just a short person. Oh, well, I don't know. Okay, so I don't Toby want Jones. I don't want people not to like me. Toby... <laughs> uh, Toby Jones, who is short but not overweight was okay but not peter dinklage who is also not overweight john goodman oh. was ugh. okay a person's height whether they're very short very tall normal whatever or they're like very fat very skinny whatever that doesn't have anything to do with how attractive they are like okay the person has to be physically attractive to me first but if they have an ugly personality sayonara honey see you later don't no, let the door hit you on the way out don't know what you're doing with me then <laughs> well number one I, I, I met Colin at our old workplace, and he I was very attracted to you by your looks, and then I got to know your personality, and you're hilarious. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. I know that even when I'm really old and I can't do nothing, that you'll change my diapers <laughs> and make me laugh. I certainly won't, so if you're going to run, <laughs> run now. You change Casper's diapers. Why wouldn't you change mine? I plug my nose and ask for your help to change Casper's diaper. There's going to be nobody. Casper can help me change Casper's diaper. By the time I'm ready for that, you won't even be really like all there anymore. Oh yeah, because I'll be older than you, right? Yeah. All right, so we're going through the cast here. Is, is there anybody else that you want me to rate? <laughs> is this what you want to do? You just want to do an episode where you rate men now? That'd be pretty fun for me, actually. I like thinking <laughs> about things like that. No. Oh, oh, you got to tell me about the X-Men guy. I didn't oh, rate James him McAvoy. Yet. Yeah, I didn't rate him yet. Okay, okay. well, are you guy, rating him in this where he is repulsive? The guy was absolutely repulsive, so his character is like a minus one thousand. But the guy himself, you would think that he would be completely my type because he has like dark hair and blue eyes, and I love dark hair with blue or green eyes. But I don't know. There's just something that's very average about him. <laughs> that way, I would probably rate him on a scale of like one to ten. He'd probably be like. A five to a six where it's like yeah you know if i was single and you were in the All room right, so and then, I, I was, then i might flirt with you okay um so i spent five minutes defending that my appreciation for sovia Batella was not about physical reasons and you got on to solidify oh, that you on. only care about come people on. if they're attractive uh well that's part of it i just don't like to look at ugly people <laughs> <laughs> that's why like i i like, and she's not ugly, but there's some people, too, where it's, like, they make me feel gross to watch Who's them. Like, she? Like, Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Every time I watch um, a movie with her, I feel like I just want to take a bath. There's uh, just something <laughs> weird about her. I don't know. I, she just gives me the creeps. Also in Wanted with James McAvoy. There's a good movie. There's a much better movie than this. Never seen it. Good movie. You should see it. Also, Good and Salt, another spy movie. Is it better, better than this. Better than, uh, what's the, what's the name? That, that Disney movie she was in. Maleficent, don't get me started. If we ever do an episode on Maleficent, if you really want to hear me angry, let's do an episode on Maleficent. One of the worst movies ever made. One of the most offensive movies ever made. Oh, I so don't bad. think so. Yeah, you do because you agree with me. You're just not agreeing on air right now. No, I, I did, but then I, I rewatched it. I was like, okay, I could actually see it from both sides. All right, you you want to know what made Maleficent better if Maleficent was played by who? Sofia Butella. All oh, right, okay. moving on. And you wouldn't know that she played her either. Yeah, and if Charlize Theron played Maleficent, you wouldn't know yeah. <laughs> she was in it. But you know what? Angelina Jolie, uh, uh, she pulled it off with those cheekbones, so it didn't gross me out too bad because they had so much makeup and costume on her. So. All right. All right. Uh, this episode of Maleficent was brought to you by Jamie's <laughs> short attention span. Yeah. Um all right, so let's quickly talk about the action. You keep saying there's really good action in this. All the reviews are like, the movie has good action. I swear, I am really anxious to watch this movie again to try and find this great action 
sequences that are always pluralized in the reviews because there is one real action scene in this movie, and it is phenomenal. Okay, and, and it I, runs for ten minutes at least. Can, can I just say one thing? Uh, I, I don't think that this I is, doubt you'll stop there, but go ahead. I don't <laughs> think this is much of a spoiler. I won't say which character it is. It's it's something where as, as soon as you watch the movie, even for a little bit, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. But there's this one character that works for the what is that KGB? That's yeah. That's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. And it's like oh like. Look at him. He's so tough and he's so invincible and like you know nobody's gonna get past this guy. Da, 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 da. And then it's like he gets taken out in like two seconds. And it's like and, seriously, that was so not drawn out at all. Maybe part of the problem is that I'm struggling to remember what part of that movie, uh, what part of the movie that was. <laughs> and that's kind of showing you how buried the story gets because I was super excited about this movie. Well, it it was like in the beginning, it was like you know he was shown to be like this really like you know, kick buck character that just, you know, he was so tough and like invincible and he'll find you and he'll chase you down and he'll, he'll kill you to the ends of the earth or whatever. Kill you to the ends of the earth. (laughs) He'll chase you to the ends of the earth (laughs) and kill you. No, but seriously. And then it's like when he actually finally dies, which is fine, whatever. Cause again, it doesn't. All right. Spoiler alert. It doesn't really impact. There is a character that works for the KGB that we are not naming, but we have given you every sequence he's in that dies. Apparently, I'm just saying like, I can't remember him. So do you know what? It's not going to be a spoiler. I'm just saying when, when he dies, I'm trying to remember even how he dies. It's it's by and I'm probably wrong, but it's by like this little like Swiss Army knife or something like that, like in the throat or something like that. And I'm like, seriously, this guy's supposed to be like super tough and like be able to, you know, chase these people all over, you know, the continents to and the stuff ends like of the that. earth, <laughs> kill them to the ends of the earth. <laughs> and and then he gets taken out in like two seconds. It's like you know what. It just made me feel like it was a waste of my time watching earlier. That stuff was fake. It wasn't real. That was a stunt man. <laughs> Jamie just clued in that movies aren't real. You know what? I, I, I watched Maleficent and I thought, oh, this is real. I watched Star Wars. I'm like, I want to go to a galaxy far, far away. Atomic Blonde, you're like, you know what? I finally get it. Movies are fake. This is like when little kids clue in. It's like, wrestling isn't real. I know they're not real. <laughs> that one was a stunt man. Seriously. Um... Charlize Theron does deserve some credit for action. I waited an hour and 30 minutes to actually see what the reviews were talking about, but she deserves credit for it. And the one sequence I'm talking about, it really is like three sequences in one. And the way it's presented, you know, not giving too much away, it's basically like one shot. It's not technically one shot. You know, I'm sure there's some tricks in there, but it is like, and it took me half of the sequence to really realize, wow, I don't think I've seen a cut yet. So tons of credit for learning these, you know, fight scenes, the the choreography and all that, and for David Leach presenting it in no interesting way. This is like this always seems to happen to me when there's a movie that I'm like, oh, I just don't really care for this movie, and then there's one sequence where I'm like, man, I'd watch that again on YouTube, <laughs> and maybe I'm not watching this whole movie again, but that sequence I'll watch again on YouTube. One sequence of the movie at least really like, deserves credit. Like maybe like, they could have done more of that. Like the Muppet movie where you just watch the song from it all the time, but you don't want to watch the movie? I was showing it to our sick son who was watching as you had a Muppet movie on when I got home. That's like the only part of the movie that you really like, is that song. Well, there were several songs. I played him every song from every Muppet movie on YouTube. And every time they stopped singing and started talking, he got up and walked away and you're like, Colin, you like to watch Muppet singing. (laughs) I love to watch Muppets singing. No, but you you just threw it on me as if, well, Colin, this is like you how you watch Muppets singing, and that's how you get your jollies. Whoa, what's what's the name of that song again? That's in the Muppets. There's there's a million Muppet songs and a million Muppet movies. That one that you song. brought up to show Casper. I showed him every song from every Muppet movie. It was like uh, life's a happy song. Yeah. When there's someone by your side, sing along. Yeah copywritten uh by disney so don't sue us <laughs> um so far you've managed to bring up the muppets in a movie like this talk about keanu Reeves for 15 minutes i could talk about anything just give me a subject people and i'll talk about it you will talk about it for about 15 seconds and then find something else to talk about that is completely unrelated okay but i think that's just a woman thing though uh, i think it's a jamie thing i think uh, I, th- I think it's partially me but it's also partially just being a woman all right um so where were we jamie <laughs> Uh, we were talking about... One really good action scene in the movie. Like, you said there's action scenes. Remind me of another action scene. Like, um, and yes, there's moments of, oh, they shot this person. Oh, here's a quick fight. But they're so brief. 
they're so buried in a story that just drags and drags and drags. Was there another really great action scene in this movie that compares I, to the one I'm talking about? I think that because there was so many action scenes, it actually made it more forgettable because every just every but there's not no 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 no, 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 no listen well I'm just, I'm saying she was fighting constantly through the whole movie but what I'm saying though is because she was fighting constantly through the whole movie and there was other uh, uh, fights and everything going on that everything kind of just blended in there was. There was very little uh, action scenes or fighting scenes that actually s- stuck out because everything just kind of blended in. Okay, I so, can remember. So honestly, I can't remember a specific one. I can remember dialogue. I, scenes. I remember the end, but that's honestly because it's like the last thing in the movie. And because she had dark hair, I remember it too. Um, I can remember dialogue scenes where I can't remember what they were talking about, but I remember the scene. I can't remember any other action in this. Like, and I was trying really hard. This wasn't one of these things where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna hate this movie. Uh, I was trying really hard to get into this and I was slightly interested in a lot of things going on in it but it's just none of the action really worked for me it it is the best stuff in this movie when you do get to see it but it wasn't present enough and I don't want a movie like Die Hard where it's just non-stop action but if you're going to bury action beneath a story make sure your story is interesting or present it in the right way Uh, rant over let's quickly move on here Um, do we want to go to the reviews yet for this or do we have anything else to talk about um, I don't know. I, I think that it was good at the end how there was a little bit of a kind of a twist. Yeah. But I think that you were just kind of already confused because there was so much going on. There's a lot of, like, there's a couple of twists on the end. I wouldn't call any of them, like, major twists, but it was enough to keep you interested. And that's what the movie was missing is that they presented this story when basically the story, it's your typical spy story. So, you know, we're not going to get too much into it, but it didn't progress. And I think a real spy story has twists every once in a while, every 20 minutes, every 30 minutes. And they save their only twists for like the end of the movie. And the rest of it's just, it's not even investigation. It's just like, I don't even know what it is. It's like, I, I really need to watch this movie again to see if I missed something because uh, I feel like this movie was so hard to follow just in that it was totally presented in the wrong way. Um, I think it's worth a second view. I don't think I would buy this movie uh, right now. Well, let's get to your rating. It's just, just buy off... rented Bennett. Bennett. Yeah. I, I would watch it again, but I wouldn't pay to watch it. If it was on TV or like on Netflix, I'd watch it. You know, it's funny because Ben and I just talked last week about Dunkirk, about how, you know, we've probably about six months into this podcast and we've reviewed a lot of movies. You know, TV shows are different because you have like 10, 15 episodes to review for every season and we've gone through a lot. We have been episodes of TV shows, but as far as movies go, Ben and I have been one movie each. He binned The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and I binned Spider-Man 3. Everything else has been either a rented or buy and we're like, we're not just loving everything. And we expected that down the road as the summer got less interesting, you know, as the movies coming out were kind of the, the dull August ones and going into the fall or maybe even just audience members suggesting bad movies they want us to watch which by the way feel free to do you want us to cover anything even if you just want to cover something to punish us suggest something we'll do it you know we're, we're we want to watch mona lisa smile other than mona lisa smile <laughs> i actually i actually walked out of the theater yeah well we'll get maybe you and i will do mona lisa smile no but back to what i was saying I did not expect that Atomic Blonde, a movie that I was so looking forward to, that I've talked about every single week when we cover this, that this would be the one I'd been. But I would bin this movie. I know. And I'm not, it's not even like a hardcore bin, because there are things that I liked about this, and I would be willing to watch it. This is like a rent it, I'm gonna, this is gonna be a weird one. This is like a rent it for the 99 few scenes. <laughs> no, no, not even that. It's like, Rented is in like, you know, you're, you, it's worth the price you pay for your internet connection for the five minutes you're going to watch or the ten minutes you're going to watch of the one really great sequence in this movie on YouTube. Watch it. If rented on YouTube, <laughs> and I know you're paying for YouTube, that makes it easier. Rented on YouTube, but official rating for this, I'm going to say Bennett. I'm still saying there are some things I liked about it. Uh, I'm still saying that if they made a sequel, I would definitely go see it because I think they need to learn from the mistakes and they probably will with this, but as it is yeah i'd been this one wasn't really thrilled with it at all yeah same here i am with you and moving on from there uh do we have any other movies we're planning on seeing i did see planet of the apes i'm trying to see if jamie can go see it just so we can talk about it because i need somebody to talk about planet of the apes with um that's the come we covered dunkirk last week people can listen to that 
Uh, next movie's coming up. I don't know. The Emoji Movie will be coming soon. Oh, yeah. And there's something we're getting prepared to be. <laughs> Maybe we'll be surprised by it. But, uh, I don't know. Any parting thoughts on Atomic Blonde? Mm, very underwhelming. Underwhelming. Well, uh, it's more of a review. But parting thoughts? Anything we didn't cover? Mm, nope. I think got everything pretty good. Yeah. Um, we will say, I guess, again, Charlize Theron's done something right with her career lately especially in becoming an action star i mean mad max i guess is kind of the reason that we're getting this but you can go back even further like about 10 years ago where she made aeon flux and that completely flopped oh that was that was garbage yeah but i'm glad that we're getting and i'm not gonna make this we, we've gone through this entire movie and not even talked about well they're they're you know, promoting a female action hero they don't present in that way i guess i'll give them credit for that but also i don't feel like any movie like this really deserves, you know, oh, well, they're doing a female action hero. It's just an action hero, and they picked the right woman to do it, and I think part of it is just picking older people. This is why they're not making action stars out of 22-year-old men right now, you know? Mm -hmm. That's why there's such this resurgence in Liam Neeson and Keanu Reeves and Tom Cruise being the big, tough action heroes, and they keep doing that with women, then maybe there'll be more interesting female action movies. Yeah. Uh, just make a more interesting movie out of it other than Atomic Blonde. Agreed. Sorry to say Agreed. That wraps it up. We have a baby crying in the other room. Just on cue. Um, See ya, peeps. Yeah, Jamie's peeps. Keep <laughs> letting us know what you think. Don't stop it rocking. <laughs> and uh, I don't know when we'll be back for the next movie. Oh, wait, Dawn of the Dead, I guess. We, we did take a break last week. We should say that. We did say we'd cover all three of George Romero's original trilogy. But we will be back with Dawn of the Dead uh, probably in the next week, uh, maybe even the next few days. Just have to nail down a time to do it. And that is all. And my name is Colin. And I stand by. Sophia Butella is the best thing since sliced gluten-free bread. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. <laughs> <laughs>